All right, well, let's go ahead then and we'll take our Bibles and we'll open up once again to the book of Genesis. To the book of Genesis. Boy, I love studying through the book of Genesis. It shows us so many things about God himself, about who he is. It shows us where we came from. And man, if you're a person that likes studying history, man, Genesis, what a great book it is to be studying history. Not just the history of how we got here, but man, the history of the Jews, the history of, of uh, where, man, where all the different languages came from. We can study how, how mankind itself progressed. There's a lot of neat things when you study through here, but we also learn the history of, of Christianity, the history of of, of how we're sinners, why we're sinners. We can study how, how the world came to be as it is today. So today, one of the things we're actually going to start is, is we're going to be getting into day number one of creation. Day number one. And the first day, the first lesson that we had when we looked in this, we saw in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, we saw in the beginning, God. So we, we learned that as Christians, we don't believe that in the beginning there was nothing we do believe that in the beginning there was no physical world that we can see and touch, but there was still a spiritual world. So in the beginning, we don't say there was nothing. We say in the beginning there was God, and God was a spirit. And in the beginning, God, we know he finished that verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then, boy, we learned that last week we started learning how, how there are lots of people that try to, uh, they'll try to mix together what God has said They'll try to mix the Bible with, with man's knowledge. They'll try to take what God says that they're going to believe in faith, and they try to mix it with what, what, what man can figure out. And when you try to mix those two, immediately you're going to come out wrong. Because if you do anything, if anybody, if they take anything that God has said, and they start to move away from it, then automatically they're moving away from God's Word. Folks, we understand and we believe as God's people that God's book is absolutely 100% true. Anything less is less than truth. It's simply that because in God's word is true. So we had to learn that we're going to have to make a choice. Either we're going to believe it or we're not. Either we're going to believe this is where we came from or we're not. And folks, today we're going to go ahead and get into Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 and verse number 2. And we're going to start learning things as well uh, within this day 1. We're going to learn just how involved God is with these things that He was done. You know, some people, there was this group of people, there's not so many of them today, but there was this group of people years ago, they believed that, and they called God uh, kind of the great, and I want to make sure I use the right term, they looked at him as this great deity that was kind of just a clockwinder, which, which we don't really use that word much anymore. But uh, I remember that uh, when I was a kid, we used to have this old clock on the wall. And it was one of the ones that it ran by weights. You know, you had to pull the string, the weight would come up, and then, then it would you know, spin around every so often. It would ding, and you had to keep that thing going. And people started to look at God. They would say, oh, well, that must be who God was. He was this great clock winder. He, would, he wound up the clock and he let it go. And then that's, that's just kind of it. And folks, we're going to see how God is so involved with things today. So let's look right here in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, and then we'll have a word of prayer and, and dive right in. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. 
And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and called the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Our God in heaven, again, we ask you that you would help us to understand this scripture. Help us to draw some truths out of it. Lord, we understand this is where you, you had day one where you created light. But Lord, there's so much more we can learn even about you. Lord, give us understanding and turn our hearts towards you. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name. Amen. Well, folks, here's one of the things we're going to see. Is we're going to learn how in this first chapter, how involved God is in this idea that, that he has created it all and he created light. And we're going to see right here in day one. So, folks, we love this word. I love the word that God created. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and it was dark. So we know that first there was nothing, and then God, he created something. I was reading this statement by a man. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, but he was a man that believed in God. And it had something to do with, uh, the, the, I think it was the diocese in New York State. And he was, a, he was some kind of publicist for, for the cardinal that was there. Anyways, he made this statement. Scientists have been trying to figure out how to, how to make life. You know, they want to synthesize life. And boy, they'll, they'll go into their... They'll go into their laboratories and they'll take this chemical and this chemical and they'll take this substance and they'll try to make it together to where it will, it will come alive. And, you know, they've, they, I'll admit, they do some very amazing things. They've, uh, they have created, I say created, they have produced, rather, they have produced a, a, a protein, a synthetic protein that is the building block of all life. I read a statement somewhere on, I can't remember what article it was, but I was reading an article where this is just recently. They have produced a synthetic form of life, uh, what, what they would call something that is a, alive. So they, they took their different materials, they put it together, and they made it to where this, this thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, it was able to, I guess, move or required energy, something that could possibly die. Anyways, they went to this guy, and they were interviewing all these scientists, and, and many of the scientists were there. They would say, oh, man, now that we can do this, I have no reason to even believe there's a God anymore. You know, I think soon we'll be past the point of ever believing there's a God because now we can do what we've been trying to figure out for so long. And so, man, all these scientists, they were, you know, they were boasting and they were proud of what they had done. And then there's one reporter, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to go start asking some religious people about this, see what they think. And a lot of them, boy, they didn't know what to think. They started getting, they started getting kind of scared. They were kind of hem-hawing around with their answers. And this one guy, I loved his answer. He says, so the, the reporter walked up to this religious fellow. And again, he was a spokesman for, the, for this cardinal. He says, what do you think about this? You know, uh, the scientists have been able to do this, and they're getting so close to being able to produce life on their own. How do you feel about that? And so he kind of sat back and he smiled. He says, I'm not interested at all. He said, you show me a man that can create matter and energy out of absolutely nothing, and then I'll be interested. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. You know, that's pretty good because scientists, they can go into, they can take the things that they have, but the only thing they will ever be able to do is work with what God has already created. That's all any of us can do. You know, it's in, in its very basic form. You have somebody, they'll, they'll take back and they'll build a house and they'll say, boy, look what I made. I made a house. Yeah, but God's the one that created all that. He's the one that put that matter together. He's the one that caused those things to grow. So while, yes, we are able to work with things there will never be a day where we see any matter, which, which is scientifically speaking, that's just stuff, things you can feel. There will never be a day where we see stuff or energy, power, that is created from absolutely nothing. 
Only God can do that. So we love that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So as we go through, I want to show you four places here in these next few verses where we see how present God is. So God, He is the one first. He's the one that created it. He created it. Man, they can make things. God can create things. Man can work with already what's already here. God can take something and produce something from nothing. You know, and he can he can make things multiply in ways that we can't. I mean, you think about you think about the day that Jesus was here. And there's these there's these 5,000 men not counting women and children and they're there and they're they're hungry. They're all sitting around they're eating. They've been listening to Jesus teach and they're getting hungry and they look around they say, "Well, what kind of food do we have?" And a little boy, he had just, what was a lunch? He had a little basket. There was a few pieces of bread, a couple fish in it. And then Jesus took the bread and he took the fish and he blessed it. And the Bible says he began to break it. And then he kept beginning to break it. And then kept breaking it and kept breaking it. And he was able to feed 5,000 people, 5,000 men. They don't even talk about the rest of the folks that were there with just five loaves and two fishes. How was he able to do that? Because God is able to make things that aren't there. He is able to produce things. He's able to do things that that we can't. He is able to do what it says where God created. So God created. So folks, there's another thing here. When we get on down to verse number 2 as we dive in here. And the earth was without form and void. The earth was without form and void. Okay, so now we're going to actually start to look at how the creation process works. Man, we've learned how important it is that we stick to the fact and stick to our guns. God was the one that created. So now, when, when God, when He first made it, in the beginning, God created, and the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void. So, what does that mean? That means the earth is there, but it's almost like it's, well, it's without form. It's, it's shapeless. It's, it's void. It's covered in darkness. Really, there's nothing there. I put a little note in my Bible that he created it covered with water. And we're actually going to see that when we go on down to the next few days because the Bible talks about how the next step is he divides the waters. He creates vapor. He creates an atmosphere. And then he starts putting land together. So the water was there. So God, he created just this, this mass. He just created the matter and the energy. There it was. So the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void. Now, I, I want to make a note here. There are some people that say that, okay, when, when, when this happened, God created the world and it was without form and it was void because there was some kind of tragedy that happened right before verse 2 that just threw the world into chaos because, you know, God doesn't make anything that's not perfect. Okay, well, that's true. God doesn't make anything that's not perfect, and the Bible already says that. So they're thinking, so how is it that the world is without form, without void? It's, it's chaos. Why would God have made chaos? Okay, well, let's look at it like this. Folks, what's happening here? God is creating the world step by step. Just because it doesn't have form doesn't mean it's not perfect. Let me give you an example. Uh, one of the things I used to love to do when I was a kid, I used to love to go work in, in the garage with my granddad. You know, I, I, I remember and I cherish the times that we would just hang out together and we would work on cars. And, you know, he taught me how to change oil. 
And you know, he, he had this uh, hydraulic lift in his shop, and he let me and my, uh, my cousin, my family, he'd put us on the lift, and we'd ride it up and down, you know, just for fun. And I remember there was a time where he had this old Ford 390, and he pulled the engine block out, you know, that 390 engine out, and we tore it all the way down to the block, and I learned how all the different pieces work. And, you know, when you can see, when you, when you say something's an engine, there it is. It's complete. Now, if I were to show you what, uh, let's say a water pump. If I were to show you this part of an engine, it's a water pump. It's got a little wheel on the front of it. It spins and it pumps the radiator fluid throughout your engine. If I were to show you that, that is an incomplete part. But is it messed up? Is it corrupted? I could pull out of the box brand new, lay it here on the table, and I could show you something that is perfect in the sense that it is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a brand new engine part. Now, is it wrong? Is it messed up? Is it, is it without form? Well, it's not complete yet. But it's not messed up. Folks, we can't believe that God created things messed up. We know that God doesn't do that. So that's important to us because when the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void, that doesn't mean something tragic happened to make the world just cause into disarray where now there's no more light, there's no more land, there's no more animals, there's no more fish. There was no great tragedy. Folks, God's just working in a process. God does things Orderly. So while, yes, this earth, it, he hadn't formed it yet. He hadn't shaped it. That matter and energy he just created, it was just a piece of the puzzle. He was just creating it piece by piece. And this was the first piece. It doesn't mean disarray. It just means he hadn't finished it yet. So the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So there wasn't even any light. It was all dark. It was a completely black mass that was covered in water. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So here's the neat thing we're going to see about God. First, we saw God created. And then second, we're going to see that God visited it. So after God made it, He said, he said In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And once it was created, we know the Spirit of God left heaven. And in its very infant form, where there was no light, there was no land, there was no atmosphere yet, it was just a, just a ball of matter. The Bible says the Spirit of God came down and it moved upon the face of the waters. So the waters was there. So it moved upon the face of the waters. Folks, let me tell you, God has been present in this world from day one, literally. God has been present from day one. See, we, we, we kind of get this, and I use this word because it happens a lot, we get this disconnect where, where we think God is just this far-off spirit. And, he, and he's out there and he's doing these great things that's, that, that I'm just not a part of. You know, what, well, why is it that God seems so far away? Well, I'll tell you this. God partially seems far away from mankind because of our sin, right? Our sin separates us from God. But for the Christian, we are redeemed and he is there. The Bible says that God is my father. And folks, God moved upon the face of the waters from day one. And today... However many years later this is, and we'll talk about that later. But however far along this is, folks, He's still here. He still sees. See, God still comes and He still visits with us. The Bible says later on in chapter number 2, we're going to see how, how God and Adam, they used to walk together in the cool of the day and they would talk face to face. You realize that God still wants to talk to you today as well? Now, He not, might not be here in person. Personally, I believe that if any of us saw the glory of God, we'd probably fall down dead. Because God can't be in the presence of sin anyway. But folks, God, through the Holy Spirit, still wants to speak with you. He still wants to visit with you. 
He still wants to see His creation. He still wants to be glorified by His creation. God was here and God came. He visited it. His presence is there. And folks, He's active. He's present and He's active. Look at verse number 2. And and the earth was without form and it was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So He didn't just show up. He was moving around. He was looking at it. He was looking it over. He wanted to see what was there. And I'm going to love what you're going to see in verse number 3 and 4 in a minute. And as he was looking over, he wanted to see and be present in his creation. Folks, God is a present God. You know, we could, we could literally say that God could be in this room here with us now because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And you know, when we think about that, because we're learning things about God as well as we go through this. I know I do, and probably all of us do to an extent. Sometimes we forget that the presence of God is everywhere. That means when I'm in my car all by myself and I'm driving down I-90 going to Billings and I'm in that car for an hour and a half, God's with me. When I am in my mind thinking to myself, God's there. When, when I'm in my house all alone, God's there. When I am you know, maybe just with my wife or just with my children, God's there. And when we forget that the presence of God is with us all the time, we, well, we just kind of even forget to think about that He's even there. Imagine if our eyes were opened just for a minute. And everywhere we went, we could physically see God standing beside us. I wonder how much that would change the way we think, the way we act, the way we speak, the things that we do, the places that we go. How would that change us? Knowing that God was right beside me all the time. Boy, we see that in our kids, don't we? Man, when dad walks into the room, you know, everything just goes quiet. What are you doing, kids? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, I mean, you know you were doing something. There's a reason you said nothing, because you feel guilty. Folks, how, how much are we like children when it comes to the things of God? We forget that God's presence was there on day number one, and it's still here today. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, and God the Father sees us. Folks, He is here, and He will always be here. And He is very active, moving, and working in this world. We can never forget that God's working. We might not know how. We might not know where. But God is at work. By the way, when bad things happen, we can't can't think that God has stopped working just because bad things happen. Folks, Satan is still very real. He is still at work as well. Uh, I, I read a quote from a man, and I think I might have actually put this one on, on the internet as well. I don't know. But I read a quote from a man. He said this. I think it was, was, might have been C.S. Lewis. He said, where we live right now, this is enemy-occupied territory. That's, that's what this world is. And folks, I want to tell you, God created it, but it's occupied by the enemy. Satan and his hordes are here, and they are at work just as much as God is. And while we know God still has power, Satan still has his own will, and he is still wanting to reach his reach as much havoc as he possibly can. So while God is at working, Satan is also still at work. So just because something bad happens, that doesn't give me a a time and place to blame it on God. God is still active, and he's still there. I just have to learn to see it. So yes, God has, uh, we saw that he created, God visited with it. Now I want to show you something about God's voice. And boy, as Christians, we learn to love God's voice. And God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. 
And God divided the light from the darkness. You know, I find something very interesting in this, this passage of Scripture. And there's a few different things we're going to pull out of verse number three. First off, I want to show you this. God created, then God visited it. And then also, watch what God said. The power in God's word. Just, just the power. Just to, just to be able to speak. You know, for us, when, when we want to get something done in this physical world, well, we've got to work. If somebody says, hey, I'm going to go build a house. Okay, yeah, I'll see you in about six months. I mean, there's, there's a lot of effort we have to put into that. But for us, I mean, the, the, the idea of light, when we look up in the sky and we see the sun, the moon, the stars, and we'll see those in a little bit. You know, the, the God said, just let there be light. And there it was. And the amazing thing is, God says, let there be light. Did you notice there's no sun yet? Did you notice there's, there's no stars? There is no electricity, so to speak, yet. God just said, let there be light. And there it was. Folks, God does not need a source of anything to create anything else. In our minds, we would say, well, how can there be light without, without some kind of source? I'll tell you what the source was. God was the source. When we look, at, when we look through the Bible, it, the, and it doesn't specifically say this in Genesis, but it's very possible that this light that God sent down on the earth could have came from Him Himself. When you learn about God, folks, His glory, it shines. His, his glory is a light. He, he gives off a light. I believe one day when we see the Lord, He will be shining. And, you know, we, again, we learn that even from Moses himself. Moses said, God, I want to see you. Moses, you can't see me. You'll fall down dead. But, but Lord, I want to see you. Okay. Moses, let me hide you over here in this cave. And as I walk past the cave, you'll see some of my glory shine through. And as the Lord walked past that cave, God's glory shone in the cave where he was. And the Bible says, says that Moses, he began to glow because of the light that came off of God himself. Folks, all God had to do to speak was within his power, say, let there be light, and there was light. God does not need a source. So folks, we need to learn from this as we're learning about God. Folks, there's power in God's word. That the spoken word of God has more power than any of us could ever muster up in our physical capabilities. By the way, you've got that word right here. That's what this is. When God said, let there be light, God's spoken word, God gave that to us in the written form today. That's why we say that his book, every word was inspired it was God-breathed. This book was God-breathed. Now, does that mean that these, these physical words, I can muster up the power of God and I can say, let there be light? No. But this book is more special than any other book because that power that God has, this book has the power to change the heart of man. This book has the truths that shows someone how they can go to heaven when they die. This book does something to me well, let me give you an illustration. You know, I, I like to read books. One man said that you need to visit many books and visit, visit them often, but you need to live in the Bible. I thought that's a pretty good statement. And, you know, I like to read other books. And sometimes I'll read books, and I'll read a man's statement, and this man, he'll say something like, oh, you know, for, for your optimum health, you need to be doing this, this, and this every day. And I can say, okay, yeah, you know, that makes sense. And then I can read another book, and he'll be talking about social issues. And he'll say, oh, well, politically speaking, this, this, and this. Or, you know, when, when you're learning to have, have friends or you want to be a conversationalist, you need to do this, this, and this. And, you know, I can read stuff, and I can say, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. I've read other books, and I say, yeah, right. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. But let me tell you something. When I read the Bible... 
And God says, this is the way I'm supposed to live. There's something that happens down inside here that pricks my heart. And I can say, wow, Lord, forgive me. And immediately it does something down inside my soul that no other book does. Why? Because this isn't the words of a man. This is the words of God. Folks, the Word of God, God's Word, it contains power. So in verse number 3, God said, He spoke it, let there be light, and there was light. Folks, all God had to do was speak. So God shows Himself to us through His Word. And you want to see a really neat illustration, kind of a parallel? And, and I don't know if the Lord meant it to be this way or not, but I think it's kind of neat. Sometimes you find parallels in the Bible. All across the world there was darkness, and God's Word brought light to the darkness. Spiritually speaking, all throughout this world, it is spiritually dark. And God's Word can bring spiritual light to that darkness. Folks, this is the power. This is where the light comes from. It's through God's Word. So we see that God shows Himself through His Word. He reveals Himself through His Word. His Word is how He makes Himself known. So verse number three, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. God saw the light, that it was good. So God's word, it dispels darkness, and he saw it, that it was good. Folks, I want to show you something that God saw, and another thing that God looks at. One of the things that God does is he judges the things that he sees. And God, when he looked at that light, he saw it. And as he was moving upon the waters, he looked at his creation, and he said, man, that's good. That is good. And there's another illustration in a way that we know that God does not create things sinful. God does not create things faulty. God does not create things with problems. And we're going to need to remember that for later on because I, I was talking to a man not long ago. He, 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 was, he was a good man. Um, as best I could tell, probably a lost man because he, by, his, by his own admittance, you know, he said he wasn't ready to quite believe in the Lord. But I, but I was witnessing to him, and we were talking about things and how, how the world works. And, and he said, okay, you're, you're, a, you're a preacher, and I was doing some work for him. He said, let me ask you a question. And a very kind man. He wasn't, he wasn't being mean at all. He says, and I honestly want to know. He said, I want you to tell you about my life. He said, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-70s. And he said, uh, he says, boy, I, I, I grew up, and I've always tried my best to be a good man. I've never, I've never been in prison. I've never broke the law. I've always, I've always been good to my family. I've been good to my wife. I've always been honest in my business practices. And he says, but you know what? Two years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Now, why would God do that to me? And, and I can see his question. From someone that doesn't understand anything about the Lord, I can understand his question. Because in his mind, God gave him Parkinson's. Now, why am I talking about this now when we're in the book of Genesis? Well, what did God just say right here in verse number 4? God saw that it was good. Folks, when God makes things, God makes things perfect. When God created the world, He created it perfect. When He made that ball of matter that was covered in water, He looked at it and said it was good. Let there be light! It was good. So where does this other stuff that we deal with come from? It comes from our sin curse. And folks, we're going to talk more about that when we are actually start seeing Adam and how he's the one that brought sin into the world. By the way, when Adam sinned, it didn't just make us sinners. It literally changed the face of the world. 
There was no death. There was no thorns. Man didn't have to work. There was no pain in childbirth. There was a lot of things that changed. And we're going to see all that. But what we need to learn from this verse for now is that when God makes something, He makes it good. He visits it and He sees it. And to Him, it is good. So what God speaks, what He makes, it is good. Now notice this. God also does something. I thought this was cool. God takes ownership of it as well. God takes ownership of it. Let me show you. Verse number four and verse number five. God saw that it was good. So then God divided the light from the darkness. So he made, obviously darkness is just the absence of light. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. By the way, that gets rid of your thousand day year thing. Evening and morning, sunrise, sunset kind of thing. You know, we, uh, we have one, two, three. We have four pets at our house right now. And it started off with, with just one. We, we have our, you know, our bloodhound, Daisy. And then shortly after that, I think it was shortly after that, we, uh, we got a guinea pig. You know, the, the, the boys and my wife, they were off at the store, and, and they come back home, and they had this box. I was like, what in the world is in that box? And it started squeaking, and I said, oh. <laughs> so we knew it was some kind of other little, little pet. So we got this little guinea pig. And this guinea pig, his name is Norman. And so then after we had this, this guinea pig named Norman, then shortly after we ended up getting a second dog, and this dog's a husky. And I always thought it'd be cool to get a husky because, you know, they can attack your intruders when it's like 20 below zero and not even think anything about it, right? I mean, this is, this is a cool dog. So, so we've, now we've got our husky. And then our, our husky, her name is Daisy. And then after we got Daisy, shortly after, um, you know, I guess, I can't remember how many weeks or so ago it was, uh, but but the, the kids, again, they were at the store, and they saw this little the beta fish, you know, Walmart. And, of course, they're going to put them in the, in the jar where everybody can see them. Like 50 cents, you pick them up and you take them home. And so we come home with this little beta fish. And then we ask the kids, all right, kids, what are we going to name the fish? And I can't remember which one it was, but they said, let's name him Jim. <laughs> so, so now we've, we've got a fish named Jim. And, you know, the funny thing is, and, and the reason I say that is this. When you have something and it's yours, we name it, don't we? When you have a pet, you take it and you, and you name it. It's yours. You know, and some people, they, they'll, they'll name all kinds of things. You know, they'll, they'll name inanimate objects. Some people, name their, they'll name their pickups, right? Or they'll, they'll name their rifles. I've got one rifle. Uh, just, just, just being funny. It's a, it's a rifle. It's a 4570, and I call it thumper because that's what it does. It's like it thumps. It's not actually not a, more of a boom. Anyway, people name things when it's theirs. Why do we do that? Because we own it. Folks, I want to show you something. Look what God did in verse number five. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Folks, as we get looking through the different days, you're going to see God starts to name things. God called, you know, God, God called this. God said this. God made Adam, right? God, God named this. It's his what we understand here from this first day is, yeah, God, he, he, he had the matter. There was the world. It was covered in water. And then he came and he looked at it and he said, let there be light. And boom, light shone upon it. And he says, that's good. I'm going to call this day and that dark spot, I'm going to call that night. Because he was making it. An artist, they draw this beautiful work of art. It's a painting. And then they name it. The Mona Lisa. It's theirs. They named it. There's ownership. Folks, this world, it's God's. It belongs to Him. The light, that's His. The darkness, that's His too. This dirt, that air, everything that's here, me, it's His. 
Now, is this territory occupied by the enemy? Yeah, but it still belongs to him. It still belongs to God. So here within these verses, one of the things you're going to see all through Genesis chapter 1, folks, while yes, it gives us the history of how we got here, it shows us so many things about who God is and how He loves us and how He's, how he's present. So there was four things I showed you about God, or the Bible shows us about God. It was one that God created it, God visits it, God spoke it, and then God owns it. Folks, it's all His. Everything belongs to Him. So here's what we're going to draw out of our conclusion, that God has been present in this world from the very first day. He created it and He sustains it, and He created us, and He wants to sustain us as well. What is our relationship with God like this morning? How is our relationship with God the Father, our, our Creator? Do we, do we live for us, or do we live for Him? Folks, it's all about Him. And we just need to have that mindset that we see it all about God. So if we could, we'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. And folks, I want to leave you with this challenge. Just like we challenged you before to believe that God created it all and why we challenge you to believe and just accept by faith that God's the one that created this world. And we'll not trust in man's understanding, but in God's Word. Folks, let's also trust that this is God's world. He created it. He sustained it. He set it by His power. He owns it. He named it. Folks, it's all His. All He had to simply do was say, let there be light. And there was light. Have you given yourself to God this morning? Our Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us to, even as we study through the history of creation, Lord, as we've seen today, Lord, the power in Your Word. All you had to do was speak. And Lord, that dispelled the darkness. And even today, we have Your Word. And Lord, that can dispel the darkness in our hearts and our lives. I pray that you would help us to live by the word, live in your word. And, and Lord, do what your word says. Lord, help us to take your word to the darkness. And Lord, to share it with those that have never heard. Now, folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we give you just what we call, again, a time of invitation where we invite you to do business with the Lord. Has the Lord impressed something upon your heart this morning? Would you say maybe there's something that, that the Lord has showed you, maybe some way that you need to do business with Him? Maybe right there in the quietness of your seat, you would pray and ask the Lord to help you to trust in His Word for everything, to trust in that light, to trust in the power of His Word. His word's so powerful, all he need do is speak. And it was so. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the word of God. We're so thankful that you're a present God. We're thankful for the power that the word has. And we're thankful that this world belongs to you. And Lord, we look forward to the day that you come and take it back. We look forward to the day that, and that, that we can be there and we can see sin gone. And Lord, to be, see you ruling and reigning over all. Lord, we long for that day. And I pray that you would help us to be faithful till that day comes. 
Lord, bless us now, and, and as we get ready to leave here, we ask that you go with us, protect us, and, and, and just as you has, have asked us to pray, Lord, keep us from sin. Protect us. Keep us from temptation. And Lord, help us to have our hearts and minds always stayed on you. We love you, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.